listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. It's a brand new episode of Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D., Cinema Geekly's Marvel podcast. It's Anthony and Aurora, and we have returned to our couches to mm-hmm. watch Netflix. And The Punisher he has gotten his own show uh, from what was essentially a breakout performance in season two of Daredevil. Uh, they went, hey, we got something here. And yeah. uh, they, did a, they did a big show. And... Uh, do you remember Aurora when we started Iron Fist and there was controversy around Iron Fist? Mm-hmm. Are you aware of the controversy surrounding the thirteen episodes of The Punisher? No. Okay. So, well, I don't know how much of a controversy it is. Uh, they did well. First, they did delay. I don't know if they delayed the release. Or if they delayed a screening or something, the pre- maybe they delayed the premiere uh, because of the Las Vegas shooting. Oh, mm-hmm. and this started prompting a conversation about like this is a Marvel show about a guy who is essentially uh, a mass shooter, kind of. Yeah, yeah, sort of. I mean, look, if you want to get technical, he shoots a lot of people. So that does make him a mass shooter. Uh, And then there was some controversy around some of the early reviews, which I did not read a lot of because I didn't want to be spoiled. I don't want to know what happens in the show. But I saw a number of reviews who weren't disappointed in the show, but they seemed to be disappointed that the show didn't say anything about gun violence, I guess. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And maybe they thought this was an opportunity to do that although I don't know huh. I don't know uh, as I as I opined somewhere I don't remember where it was but I'm not really sure there is much left to say about it I feel yeah. like I feel like we've I feel like in real life so many bad things have happened in relation to mass shootings and people have talked so much about it yeah. that the time for talking is really done. I mean, and, and you know, the people that are supposed to do something about it are not doing anything not about do anything it. About you know it. what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you said, you know, people are have been saying this for a long time yeah. and they're not listening. So, so um, yes. Yeah. So for me, the only way Punisher, the only way I would have wanted Punisher to handle this is if the Punisher could somehow write real life legislation to fix our real life problems, <laughs> yes. but it he can't. becomes a politician. <laughs> yes, 
But since this is a television show, it cannot do I, that. You know what? I would watch that show. Can <laughs> you imagine the Punisher? As like a legislator? <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, t- <laughs> I mean, people would listen to him. That's for sure. For sure. Uh, I just... Like, I guess people were expecting there to be some sort of message about it or something, but it's like, look, the really, I just want I mean, the how, Punisher. How can, you, how can you give a message about it if the show, you know, perpetuates violence? And he it's, is sort it, of like the anti-hero of it. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, look, it, it the, and the show isn't really about mass shootings, it's about war and loss and ptsd yeah i saw it more when i mean i've only we've only seen the first two episodes but i saw it more as a commentary on ptsd yeah and uh the how we treat our soldiers and Mm -hmm. all this stuff i thought it was way more of a a comment on that like yeah i really when it comes to like gun violence like i I saw some people trying to say that shows like The Punisher are the reason we have gun violence, which is such a tired debate. I'm so sick of talking about this sort of thing. People watch The Punisher in Japan, where there are no mass shootings, or in Australia, where there are almost no mass shootings. Uh, And there's very little gun violence in any of those countries. And there's lots of countries where there's, uh, comparatively speaking, so much less, and they consume the same entertainment we do. Yeah, there's yeah. really I'm I'm totally fine with violence and sex and nudity and all of that stuff because I'm aware that those are fake fantasy things and it's okay right. to escape to a place that isn't real. Yep. Uh, anybody who says like shows like The Punisher, the reason we have gun violence, I just think they're ridiculous. It's it's not it's not it's because not, of shows it's not like true. that. Yeah. Nobody yeah. watches the Punisher, uh nobody sane anyway watches the Punisher and says, Oh, that looks like fun. Right. Right. No. Uh if anything, these are supposed to make you you know, like you'll you'll get those moments where you're like, Whoa, badass or whoa, cool, but then it's quickly like clonked in the knees by like something that makes you go, Oh my god, that's so sad or that's awful or it makes you think about something you know, you don't think about like why the cool guy is doing the cool stuff. You realize right. that he's damaged, or it's, they're saying something else. Yeah. So, uh, I just, yeah, I wasn't expecting this show to make some sort of big, big bold statement about gun violence. No. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, and there's so many shows out there that also exploit gun. <laughs> Arrow, violence. Arrow hand, Arrow did an episode about it and handled it very poorly. There we go. It was not so. good. I'm, yeah, I mean, this is a bigger issue than some show. Yeah. So, uh, well, let's talk about it. The Punisher. We've got two episodes down, and mm-hmm. we're talking about season one, episode one, called Three A.M. So, some months ago, in between the events of Daredevil season two and the Defenders, some somewhere in there, uh, Frank Castle is tracking down and executing the surviving gangsters involved in the death of his wife and children, uh, but. Uh, after completing this, Frank uh, moves back to New York City. He lives in a rundown apartment where he works as a construction worker under the alias Pete Castelloni. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only person who knows his identity is Curtis Hoyle, a retired uh, Navy SARC who runs a PTSD support group for veterans. One night, Frank's co-workers pressure a new employee, Donnie Chavez, 
into helping them rob a member of the Ganucci crime family, only to end up killing him when, during the holdup, Donnie drops his wallet and exposes his driver's license, uh, thus pegging Donnie as Donnie, and Donnie might be tied back to his friends at the construction site. So they try to off him. Uh, but Frank, who spends most of his nights at the construction site, saves Donnie before assassinating the uh, fellow, his fellow employees, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. unaware that a mysterious figure is surveilling his movements. Meanwhile, Homeland Security agent Dinah Madani sets out uh, to use her position at the New York field office to find the people responsible for the killing of her former partner, Ahmed Zubair, who is investigating an American soldier smuggling heroin in before his own death. Uh, So the first episode is really sort of closing the loop on where we last saw Frank. Right. uh, Getting his revenge. But here's the thing about uh, Frank. He got his revenge and then he was just done. Yeah. He went back to New York City. He grew his hair out. He grew a big hipster beard, which gets referenced (laughs) later. (laughs) So many people reference the hipster hipster look. He changed his name and he just works construction. I mean, it's not over. Like, the trauma isn't over for him. Right. Because all he does is like, they think he's like a mute at the construction. Yeah, he just, he just sm- smacks a wall over and over All again. day long with a sledgehammer. Yes. He just breaks it on his own. Yep. With a hammer. and Which which takes a lot of strength, by the way. Yes, it does. <laughs> and anger. He's got quite yes. a bit of that built up. Um. So what did you make of the first episode then? Of Frank Castle's solo television show. I mean, I I thought it was a little bit slow, mm-hmm. but I get I get why I get that they're trying to like introduce us again to Frank Castle and um, kind of like give us like a preview of where he has been. Yes. Um, but you know, for a show for a show like The Punisher, I was expecting like a little bit more mm-hmm. the first episode. Um, so yeah, I thought it was it was it was good, but it was slow. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not really surprised that they went this route because they he's not like a vigilante always out on the prowl. He had a mission. He wanted what? to get revenge for what happened to his wife and kids, mm-hmm. and he did. So he's done. He's not Batman right. where he has to like keep doing it. Mm-hmm. He was just he was done. Uh, but Frank despite his exterior, much like Jessica Jones, kind of gives a little bit of a shit about people. He kind of gave a little, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he gave a little bit of a shit about Donnie. He didn't want to see Donnie get killed for being dumb and getting looped into these other idiots. Right, right. So he saved him. He brutally killed the other dudes and then threw yes. them into a tub of cement. Yeah, the last, I would say, 10 minutes of the show, I was like, okay, now I, I, yes. I get it now. <laughs> But by and large, the idea is, I think, he just wants to be alone and suffer silently, I guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But as we start figuring out, uh, there are more than, there's more than one. uh, Technically, it says the only person who knows his identity is Curtis Hoyle, and that's not true. We know that Karen knows who he is, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a few other people know who he is as well, but knows that he's still alive. The number is smaller. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, many people think he's dead. Uh, but the idea here, I think, is that he just wants to live alone and, su- and suffer kind of quietly and right. unassumingly. But there are other people who need his help and know who he is. And this is the sort of thing that brings him back to being the Punisher again. Yes. Uh, so we will get to that. But they wanted to they wanted to lead into that, I suppose, and set up everything, uh, which uh, I thought they did a pretty, pretty good job of. Uh, yep. It seems like there's going to be a lot of really bad dreams we're going to see Frank having, though, because he had between these yes. two episodes alone. It felt like and uh, at first it felt like. And I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit. I'm not going to talk about what happened in the second episode just yet. Um, but just that the fact that he had a lot of nightmares and they showed them on screen, I felt like maybe they were doing a little too much of that maybe. But mm. then I started thinking to myself like, you know, but is is that maybe is that what it's like to have PTSD? Yeah. Like, are they showing us that it's like relentless? Is it yes. Like, it, it never ceases. You're, it's always haunting you. It's always sticking with you. You can't close your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, you know, once I started thinking about it that way, you start feeling for him a lot more. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we saw a little bit of that in Jessica Jones as well, right? Like, she yes. would have flashbacks um, with Kilgrave. Mm, yes. Um, and it shows, you know, that PTSD that she was also experiencing from that relationship. Yes. Um so I think I think that's the idea that you know showing it so much is just trying to make you aware that that's how it feels. Look, yeah. and for anybody right now trying to ship Frank Castle and Jessica Jones, just just don't do it, you guys. They're Ooh, not good. No. <laughs> they're not good. They're not good. They're too similar to one another. No. Ooh. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes finding somebody who's just like you is a good thing. The, I don't think this would be a good example no, of that. No. They're too similar. <laughs> I feel like um all right, so what would you uh, what would you give three a.m.? I am gonna give it a four. Yeah, cool. I give yes. it a four. Yes, I was pretty impressed, and uh, I you know, I should note I also really enjoyed um, Curtis Hoyle, uh, his friend the 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 guy who runs the PTSD support group. Yeah, he I, was good too. I really liked him, and I and the, he had that nice scene or whatever where he. Um, you know, he's like, you're not the Punisher anymore. The only person, you know, doing this, the only thing, the only person you're punishing is yourself, mm-hmm. which I sort of like the idea that like, he's still the Punisher. He's just like beating up on himself now or whatever. Right. He's taking it out on himself instead of trying to move on. Um, before we talk about episode number two, this is a good place to plug Think Geek, the sponsors of the show. And it's the holiday season, Aurora. And I have found an excellent uh, ornament for the tree. I don't, I don't know a single tree that this would look horrible on. It, at, at best, uh, it's an amazing uh, ornament of a of a recent uh, from a recent Marvel film. But at worst, uh, if you hate it, it will probably blend in somewhat. <laughs> uh, it's amazing that Hallmark is making this because I don't think of Hallmark making superhero things, but I guess that they do. This is from Thor Ragnarok. It is like Battle Arena Hulk. Ooh. With like the Roman armor helmet with like the big feathers on top. But look, at worst, it's awesome looking, by the way, this ornament. But at worst, he'll he'll blend in. He's green. Uh, so if you think it's ugly or hideous, uh, like Jen might, if I were to put this on our tree, 
I'll just be like, look, it, it blends in. You, you can't even see it, but I'll know it's there. And like when my dad shows up, it'd be like, hey, look at that. It's Hulk. He's smashing all the other ornaments. Um, but yeah, I they've got a bunch of other ones, but you know, the Captain America and Thor and Iron Man, but quite frankly, none of them are as cool looking as Battle Arena Hulk. He's wearing sandals. Why does Hulk even need to wear sandals? He's Hulk. I don't know. I feel like maybe they went too far with that costume. I could be You wrong. know what? Maybe he was trying to make a fashion statement. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> I mean, he was the champion of the battle arena. <laughs> you know, with that comes money, I'm sure. And he's just like, maybe Hulk yeah. needs slippers. Yeah. Or Hulk needs sandals or whatever the case may be. <laughs> Hulk needs a fancy Roman hat. Um, <laughs> that and tons more. Available at ThinkGeek. Head on over to cinemageekly.com slash ThinkGeek or click the ThinkGeek link at the top of the page and pick yourself up uh, a big, ugly, incredible Hulk to hang on your tree this year. Uh, Speaking of uh, big and ugly, although we're talking about personal story and not anybody's particular looks, although there was a fight in this episode uh, that that did kind of get ugly pretty quick. Uh, things got bloody in episode yeah. two of the Punisher called Two Dead Men. Were there more than one? Was there more than one dead man in this episode? There's definitely mm. one. I don't know. Let's talk about it. Uh, while at a dinner, a uh, dinner, while at a diner in Hell's Kitchen, uh, there's only one N in that word, uh, <laughs> Frank receives a phone call from Micro, uh, mm. who, now if you recall, sent him a disc uh, uh, during Daredevil Season 2. And he asks for his help. He, he being Frank, uh, reunites with Karen Page and with her help discovers that Micro was a former NSA analyst who was supposedly killed while resisting arrest. The story about his death, however, was never released because Homeland Security agent in charge, Carson Wolf, personally shut it down. Now, Wolf is also the boss man of Dinah Madani uh, right. that we met in episode one. Uh, after visiting Micro's wife, Sarah, and bonding over the grief they feel for their lost loved ones, Frank tracks down Wolf and breaks into his home, where he elicits a confession about his involvement in Micro's death, quote-unquote, before snapping his neck. After leading Micro on a wild goose chase across New York City, Frank confronts him at his hideout, and prepares to interrogate him. Meanwhile, Donna meets with Frank's former squad mate, Billy Russo, in an attempt to determine if he was somehow involved in the heroin smuggling, only mm-hmm. to receive a text informing her about Carson Wolf's death. Uh, so we got a big bloody fight uh, in this episode. We got to see the return of Karen Page. Yes. Whom we haven't seen since the... Def- well, I mean, we saw her in Defenders, but she didn't really do much in Defenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do feel like she's got a much larger role in the show. It seems perhaps. like it, yeah. And uh, we learned a little bit more about Micro, or the mysterious Microchip, who was uh, only hinted at in Daredevil Season 2. Uh, what did you think of Episode 2? Well, I like this episode a lot more than the first mm-hmm. one, for sure. Um, that whole uh, fight in that guy's house was, oh, it was great. brutal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which was is, awesome. you know, what I want to see from the Punisher. Um, yes. 
so yeah, I I have to say that I I don't know if there's someone that can play that character better mm. than uh, this Shame. actor, right? Yeah. Like he has, you know, I mean, I've, I've been a fan of his since I saw him on The Walking Dead. Um, yeah. He had a great uh, way to represent Shane. Yeah, and I feel like Burnfall. he has that kind of like Shane quality for the Punisher as well. Yes. Um, because he has like this swag. <laughs> A little bit, right? <laughs> right? Like he, the way that he talks and the way that he like his expressions on his face. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just I can't. I was trying to think what other actor can I see playing this character and I can't. Like he is yeah. perfect. Uh, I really liked there was um, a scene, a flashback scene, like right at the beginning of the episode where he's like flashing back. He's like on a Long Island ferry or whatever, and they're going by the Statue of Liberty. Mm -hmm. And you see like young Frank, well, not young, but past Frank Castle with his daughter and his son. And you can see like, and it's like post-war Frank. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about this a little bit later where he admits that his experiences there were you changed him and his family noticed it and right they they would they would look at him weird they'd look at him weird yeah. and it's you know clear he had PTSD just from that this yep. is before his family was killed uh because he's you know because his daughter's asking like you know is that why you went to war or whatever and then his kids like no, he was killing all these hajis and like he I'm shocked they let this kid use the the kind of stereotypically racisty term that soldiers use for Middle Easterners. Yeah. Uh but they did. <laughs> I guess yep. it's accurate. And he's like, Oh, he killed so many of them or whatever and he like it just he's like, Oh my god, don't well, I mean he wasn't like that. He was like, Shut up. Yeah. Uh, don't don't talk like that. Yeah, he was kind of aggressive. He snapped at him <laughs> a little bit. Um which, I mean, by the way, if my kid was talking like that, too, I'd be like, yeah, what? No, don't talk like that. What are you, what are you nuts? Uh, but um, it's it was I thought it was a flash. I mean, it was a flashback, but it was like a sad flashback because the yeah. camera pans and it's present day Frank. And he's just sitting on the boat looking over at where, you know, they were sitting. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like he maybe does this a lot where he just constantly goes to the places his family always went. And he just sits there yeah. and is miserable, which is really depressing. It is. Um, so we, uh, we is it Billy who's the going to be the partner for? Or no, Billy is the Billy is the guy that they go and uh, and ter- or they want to question about the drug smuggling. Right. Who's I can't remember who it is that they put uh, Dinah with. I can't remember the name of her partner guy oh yeah i can't remember either they stick him with like some low-level agent yeah uh, who always gets like the crap work or whatever yeah who's very upset that she uh is superior to him yes (laughs) he feels like he might be the comedy yeah in the show perhaps um i really uh I, i like him i can't remember his name for the life of me uh billy russo comes to mind because he is a villain in the Punisher, or he becomes right. one. He becomes a character called Jigsaw, which I don't know if that will come to pass on this show because there's IP about a. There's, isn't there like a Jigsaw movie out in theaters right mm. now? 
Maybe they don't want to confuse those things, so perhaps they'll never <laughs> call them that. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, I liked the I liked all the stuff with uh, once Frank figures out who Micro is, he sets up the situation where he ends up meeting Micro's wife. Mm-hmm. Although he does this, I think, to maybe get under his skin at first, because he knows he's probably keeping tabs on his wife. I think he did it to get under his skin. But then once he talked to the wife and saw the background, he kind of like stepped back a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. related to her, probably. Yes. Yeah. Because she thought he was dead or mm-hmm. his wife thinks Micro is dead. Um, And then, yeah, he had him basically run all over the place and then he eventually thinks he's going to confront frank but he runs into curtis hoyle instead and uh he's like frank's got an eye on you and he's just we did all this just so you i like that he's like we went all we went through all of this just so i could tell you now that frank says he doesn't want to meet with you (laughs) he's changed his mind and then he's like uh fine and then went back and by the time he got there uh frank had already not only figured out where he was he was in uh, his trunk in the trunk of his car was that where he was hiding that is where he was hiding yeah yeah Super smart that Frank Castle, which is insane that he I I laughed so hard when I saw that he made him go to so many places. <laughs> yes, and he's just like we've decided we are not going to. Maybe he was just like, can I get into his trunk from here? No, let's make him go somewhere else instead. Like they had to find the right place for him to be able to sneak in, perhaps. Yeah, um, but I like that. Like the end game was like we've decided against a meeting, but thank you for driving all over the city and wasting your gas. Um, it was nice to see Karen again. I yeah. really like her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I like her. I've liked her in, in Daredevil and stuff as well. Um, I'm hoping we get we get more of her now. You know, she's. I like her, but yeah, she's good. She's. I mean, I think there's only one girl for this podcast. One girl for this Marvel Netflix universe. And it's, it's, you know, it's not Karen Page. But, <laughs> and I don't think, I do not think she appears in this show. Yeah, I don't think so. Oh my God, would this be, would this be the first show she's not in? I think so. Holy crap. I think huh. so. Well, the streak has ended. Um, but I like I the mean, show. I mean, but we don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Maybe... She'll make like uh, one of those Stan Lee cameos, yeah. <laughs> where she's in a picture, like a, in a picture frame somewhere. Um, but yeah, I, I like this a lot more than uh, the first episode too. But it felt like we they started to finally dive into uh, the the mystery. This kind of has like a bit of like a mystery uh, vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. So far, uh, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm kind of digging it. What did you give? What did you give episode two? I gave it a 4.5. I liked it a lot better. Ah, you liked it more than I liked I gave it four yeah. and a quarter, but uh, I mean, look, we're not that far off, so that's okay. <laughs> we're like a quarter point off. Yeah, and uh, most of my, my score comes from uh, his performance. Like, I, I'm blown away yeah, by John Barron how he's very yes. good. I'm blown away by how he's portraying this character. He's great. Yeah, he's the best. Uh, and it's so weird, too, because if you've ever listened to him in interviews or whatever, he's like... So not. He's very la- a laid back guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's very laid back. He's like, I wonder where he finds all of the angst and angry stuff because <laughs> yeah. he doesn't see. He, he does has not the come best angry face. Yeah, he does. Uh, 
I think that's probably... I did the plug, right? Did I do the cheap plug? Okay. I'm glad I snuck that in earlier then, uh, (laughs) instead of forgetting it altogether. Uh, We got two more episodes Mm -hmm. to get through. Uh, There's 13 episodes. I think we're back to 13, yeah? So Mm -hmm. we've got got a few more to go through. I'm hoping this feels like it's going to be better than Defenders. I've got an early feeling. I don't know. I hope so, uh, yes. They, they need a rebound, because Iron Fist was kind of a letdown, and Defenders was kind of underwhelming by the yeah. end. Yeah, So I feel like Marvel on Netflix is in need of a of a pick-me-up. So mm-hmm. we'll see if we get one. We've got two more episodes to go through. Uh, we will visit them next week. In the meantime, head on over to cinemageekly.com, check out the archives of the show, find us on App Podcasts and Google Play Music. Just search for Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D. and hit subscribe. And in doing so, you can hear us talk about The Punisher, Season 1, Episode 3, called Kandahar, and Season season 1, Episode 4, called Resupply. Mm -hmm. 